Today is a new day, and um, hi, welcome to my YouTube channel. My name is Maggie Wynn. For those of you who don't know, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Maggie. Welcome. Today we're talking about getting to Jesus. Psalms 98 says, You have set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your countenance. One of the main reasons women don't share their problem is this. They are told they shouldn't have problems, especially after they're saved. In Hebrews 11, we find a list of people who are often called the heroes of the faith. On that list, you'll see Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Moses, Rahab, Gideon, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. The amazing thing is that every one of these giants of faith had a problem. The Bible says that some of these heroes were tortured and mocked and scourged and imprisoned and stoned and sawn asunder. It says they were afflicted and tormented and that some of them wandered in deserts and lived in caves. I've never lived in a cave. I have lived in poor places. God's people have problems. We need to face up to that. It's not a matter of lack of faith or not being saved. It's a fact of life in a fallen world. Problems come with the turf of a world that has been turned upside down by sin. The infirm's woman problem was a private problem. It was not a public problem. It was a problem that could be covered up. Oh, and we're so good at hiding our problems. I was once in a meeting where the women were wearing silk dresses, diamond jewelry, and sequin jackets. They were looking good, but I was not fooled. I knew every imaginable secret was present in that room. That room was filled with private problems. Sister rape was present. Sister child abuse came along. Sister crack cocaine was there. Sister battered wife was with her. Sister lesbian showed up. Sister oppressed attended. Sister depressed was sitting right beside her. All the girls were there that night. They are present in any large gathering of women anywhere in our nation at any time. The, the fact that they have a problem is not what matters. What matters is what you choose to do about it. This woman made the right choice about where to take her problem. Now, she did not make the right choice immediately, but she made it ultimately. She had suffered for 12 years and had spent all her money on doctors. Be careful who you allow to help you. That person who is so eager to treat you may be after your money. Be careful whom you trust with your problem. That person you may, may not be worthy of your trust. Be careful who you invite into your confidence. That person may gossip about you behind your back. Beware of the, the counsel of the ungodly. They will give you plenty of advice, but they cannot give you any lasting help. If you're going to seek out someone to help you, seek out someone who knows the answer. Find someone who will say to you, Jesus is on the way. Jesus is coming. Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the problem solver. Jesus is the answer. 
Jesus is the one who can plug the problem that is draining you dry. Reach out and touch him by your faith. Now, in Psalms 90, verse 8, Moses says that God sees everything about us, including our sins. He says that God knows even our secrets. The verse says, you have placed our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your countenance. This verse refers to sin that is concealed, hidden, or forgotten, sin of the heart, sin we have tried to hide from the world, sin that has passed away from our own recollection, the cause of all trouble, consumption, and death. The psalm is a prayer that God will not overlook human experience, but bring mercy to the congregation. The psalm also says that meaning in life will not come through what we do, but through whom, but through him who we know, which is Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus, today is the day of salvation. Today is your day to say, Jesus, I need you. I am a sinner. I need you to forgive me, to come into my heart and to be new, to be a new creature in you. Change every part of me. Those hidden sins that I have laid dormant, that I don't even know, that are causing me pain, that are causing me to behave in a certain way. Those things that are hidden in me, that have become toxic and that have given root to bitterness, anger, rage, addictions. I need Jesus to save me. If that is you, I want you to pray that prayer. So simple, according to Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, he will save you. The, step, the second step would be to find a church to get discipled, to go to the places where you really get help and counsel and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you to the place where you need to go. He is our teacher. He's our comforter. He is there for you and I so that when we need help, he is available. All of the things that you have hidden, all of the things that you feel you've overcame, that's great. Ask the Holy Spirit, though, where is it and what is it that I have laid dormant that is causing me to behave the way I'm behaving, causing me to do what I do? Set me free because I want to be free. You can be. You can be free. It's just a matter of a choice, making a decision to choose life, to choose to live for Christ. I remember in my most desperate situations where I was depressed, I didn't know that I had depression. It just happened that so every year I would fall into a, a isolation where I wanted it to be in the dark and I wanted to be alone and I didn't want anybody to bother me. It was very difficult for me and my children to handle it because I would wallow in the death of my mother. I would wallow in what had happened to me, the abuse, the battery, all of the things that I had endured, you know, and so I would cry before the Lord. And that was my therapy. That was my place of refuge. I would go before the Lord and I would just weep and ask him to heal me, to help me. Why did this happen to me? Why why did all of this happen to me? And I would dwell and dwell and dwell over that tomb. I would dwell over those emotions. I would dwell over those events that I could remember because I couldn't remember anything good. So I would dwell in those and I would bring it before the Lord and I would cry and I would cry and I would cry until I couldn't cry anymore. 
I would lay on the floor until I would pass out, fall asleep. It didn't happen every night, but during those difficult times, I would get into that slump where I would just, I just wanted to be alone. I didn't want to be bothered. And it was difficult because I had children that needed me. And so it came a time where it was no longer months of depression. It was less and less and less. When I started to lay hands on myself, when I started to ask God for forgiveness and who I needed to forgive, when I began to lay hands over myself and say, I rebuke this spirit of depression. I come against you in the name of Jesus. You cannot have me. I speak life to my spirit. I speak life to my soul. I shall live and not die. I began to fight back and not just wallow in those moments, but fight back in the spirit and with the word of God. And I clung to that scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I will live. I shall live and not die. I shall see my children grow up. I shall see to live my grandchildren. And guess what? God did it. He did it for me. I no longer wallow in those moments. Do I have times where that spirit of depression wants to come upon me? I think back and I say, where did I open that door? Why is this happening? And I realized that it was through seasons that what I would go through when I was younger, it would still affect me when that season came. Um, the climate would change, the Christmas would come, and I would remember my mother passing away, my, my father, his heart attack, things that would, um, that would happen. And I would say, God, they're in a better place. My mother knew you. I would start thinking and dwelling on the positive. She served you. She was a believer. She was a soul winner. And I would reclaim the things that were good in all of those situations. And I began to change those days around for me where it was not lo no longer months that it would take me to come out of it, but it would just take me a day, a week, and then it became to be less and less and less, where I, all of a sudden I feel this oppression and depression wanting to come on over me, and I try to, I figure it out, and I'm like, oh no, I've gotta get out of this, I've gotta get out of this. I get in the word, I pray, I listen to worship, I listen to a message, I speak over my life, I just, loud music, I go and help someone in need, I go and give to the poor, I do whatever it takes to get me out of that, that my life has purpose, that my life has meaning. That is how I choose to live my life. And I do it because for me, it's helpful. For me, the Holy Spirit has taught me that when I give unto others, when I do unto others, when I help them, when I help people, I'm fulfilling the purpose that my life matters. My life has meaning. My life was ordained by God to live it to the fullest and abundantly, regardless of what the enemy did to my life. The enemy oppressed me. He did it for those years, but from that point on for, till, till now, He's not oppressing me. What I choose to do with it are my choices now. So I pray that you would choose life and not death and that you would choose to come before the Lord and ask him for forgiveness. Ask the Lord to come into your heart and recognize that Jesus paid a price, a high one for you and I. I pray that you will have a blessed day and be encouraged today that you shall live and not die and see the reward of the Lord. 
stay faithful, stay focused, and stay fearless. For God is for you, and if God is for you, who can be against you? Overcomer, you and I. Have a blessed day.